Alright everybody, welcome back. Spaghetti shootout number six. I've confirmed just before we started filming here that it is indeed number six. I'm Jimmy and I'm the host of uh, this whole setup that we have here. If you've seen some of these before, you kind of know how this works. This is my world and these are my rules and they change as I see fit. Mark and Ryan are across the table from me and they're going to be debating some topics. And actually, the topics, due to the nature of when this episode is going to be released, are going to be a bit holiday themed uh, for the old Thanksgiving coming up. So there's a little teaser for you. And um, there is actually going to be trivia this time. I'm not even sure if trivia is going to be a thing every single time. We, we, we have yet to determine. But there will be trivia. There will be trivia again this time. So that's an opportunity. We saw in the last spaghetti shootout, Mark was actually behind at the end of the regular questioning, but then he made up for it in the trivia. And uh, you actually came back and won. So you are now two and three, Mark. Ryan is is three and two, so his record is still one win better than yours. But Mark, maybe we finally put to rest that whole adage that you think that I like Ryan better than you. It's a bunch of BS. I watch the tape. Yeah, Yeah, whatever. We gotta enter the caveat corral here real quick, folks, because the first thing I wanna mention to you is that you can be a part of the Spaghetti Shootout, which is a huge deal. It comes with all sorts of uh, benefits. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> to put it lightly. To put it benefits. lightly. To put it lightly. Actually, realistically, the, the biggest thing that it's going to win you if you actually submit a topic for debate here on the show and then it is selected as our honorary meatball of the month to be debated, then you could win some amazing prizes. You could win a set of Crossfire HD 10x42 binoculars. Uh, when I say you could, I mean you will if this is you. Well, if you're the winner, yeah. Right, exactly. You could win then, what else do they win? $100, $100 shopping spree. Shopping spree for um, Vortex, Vortex gear. Apparel, yep. And there's gear. a third thing. Oh, and the they cameo. get a cameo with Ryan. No, it's with you, Mark. Mark and a Camaro. Mark oh. and a Camaro. Yeah, I'd like a Camaro. I actually have printouts here. I should have referenced those, but uh, that, those are all the things that you win. It's pretty awesome. And, of course, all the notoriety that goes along with it. It's a big deal. You could tell your family and friends all about it at Thanksgiving. That's right. Hopefully That's while right. eating meatballs. Ooh, hopefully Thanksgiving so. meatballs. Traditional. Last thing before we proceed, I'm going to mention a good YouTube comment that we got. This is something we do pretty frequently. Matthew W., He made a meatball suggestion topic. We're not actually going to call this a real meatball winner. All you're going to get in this case is the notoriety, not the items. And again, this is my world, and so I choose why (laughs) that is the case, because your suggestion was Jimmy's mouth, duct tape or ball gag. So There's pros and cons to each. I don't know. I don't know what to say. You won't be saying anything with that ball gag in your mouth. That's a good point. I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) Maybe I chose. I don't know. I think you let's did just choose <laughs> subliminal choosing. Let's exit the caveat corral. Let's get out of here. Let's we'll get step weird. onto the, uh, the old main street for our shootout. I should note, Mark is starting off with one point. That is because he has come with no notes whatsoever, not even a laptop. His table is nice and clean. Good job, Mark. With that, topic number one is going to come up on the screens, gentlemen. Topic number one is the best wild game dish for Thanksgiving is Blank. Mark, since you won the last round, you are going to start. You get two minutes to debate this topic. You two, go. Jim, you know, I love wild game, but sometimes at family gatherings, not everybody loves wild game. So you kind of got to pick something that's going to be appreciated by the masses. You're also not always having Thanksgiving at your own house. So you need to be able to cook whatever wild game you're cooking at somebody else's house. For these reasons, Jim, I'm going with probably at least a third or two-thirds of a backstrap. I'm going very simple. 
with a little bit of garlic, uh, excuse me, a little bit of garlic powder. I'm going with kosher salt and black pepper applied nearly right before I put it on the grill. Put it on the grill, high heat, three to four minutes per side. It's going to come out medium, medium rare, somewhere in between there. Slice it thin on a plate. That's nice finger food for everybody. Everybody loves it. Okay. All right. A couple of points there. I was curious about Ryan. Uh, why don't you go ahead? You were also giggling. I was. It's just the way that Mark starts questions every time. He's like, you know, when you're thinking about the question, you've got to think about the question. Because if you don't think about the question, what you'll get is an empty thought about the question. So when I unpack the question, I question the thought. Stuff like that. Was that um, was anyway. That, was that a shot? That was funny. I it's, feel like that was a shot. It was. Uh, I also like to point out that, Mark, you used the term when I cook, you, which when your cook Ooh. cooks. Uh, anyway... So, best Thanksgiving dish. Actually, what I prepared last year I thought was pretty stellar. I did a four-variety wild mushroom soup with rabbit in it. And I also did grilled pronghorn backstrap. I didn't do whitetail backstrap. Good call on the backstrap. It was a good cut. Uh, my father came to Thanksgiving unannounced, and my mother and my entire family. It was a fiasco. And so I thought, what better to get back at the old man than to feed him wild game because he's not a fan. Mm. And he chowed several bowls of the soup, and several servings of the pronghorn backstrap. It was a home run. Did you let him know? Did, you, did he know it was wild game? He did. I think we've got, You're right there, Mark. I think we've got additional speakers in the room. We do have some more speakers. That is one thing I, I forgot to mention. not expecting the sound to come caveat from corral. Yeah. We have new speakers. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen that little you video where, scream. The, where the kid gets scared? He goes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. We come to the end of topic number one with Mark at eight points, Ryan at 13. Mark, I, I got to say, I, listening to you, it wasn't exactly that your argument for the venison backstrap was bad. It was just the fact that I know that you probably don't cook it. Just very practical. And yes, I, why would you think that you? I wouldn't cook that? Do you? For God's sakes, it's the most simple thing. I make good food. What, what happened to your why voice you right think, there? Why would you think that I couldn't apply heat to a piece of meat? Like, that's incomprehensible. Uh, Mark, let's go through all the list of simple things that you have a hard time There's doing. no technology involved in cooking that. It's okay. literally fire. All right. Which is the best technology. With that being said, let's move on to topic number two. Mark, you're muted. Anyway, uh, more magnification is better. Change my mind. Ryan, you're going to start off with this one. You get two minutes, gentlemen. Please begin. Outstanding. Well, Jim, first and foremost, more magnification is not better, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, in application, when we're looking at hunting, we're going to pick on, on hunting because we hunt around Thanksgiving. We have a limited window of opportunity for bright light. the last time you whitetail hunted this state? Last year. Yeah. Oh, shoot. He had a good rebuttal. I was going to give you some points, but alas. Not give him one. Good job, Mark. Give him one. There anyway, was a big lull. Give him one. Lower magnification, wider field of view, brighter image uh, on the whole, um, assuming all things equal in the optical system, um, a more stable image, and as I've found, keeps me honest and keeps me from getting into trouble with shots that I may or may not take. Less magnification is, in fact, more from an image quality perspective. I think that the, the shooter or the observer is better served by a really good optical system with moderate magnification. Okay. Mark, let's hear your rebuttal. Jim, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You'll never make an amazing shot unless you take an amazing shot. And to do that, you might need a little bit more magnification than my friend Ryan over here would suggest. Now, I'm saying more magnification within reason. I'm not saying, oh, I need a 6 to 24 to shoot 100 yards, right? No, I'm not saying that. 
let's look at when we have people uh, running AR. So I've got a red dot on my AR. I want to be a little bit more precise. I want to be a little bit more accurate. What do we add? Magnification. When I'm getting a zero at the range for hunting, like we're talking about hunting here, I like a scope in the 3 to 15 category. Ryan wants a top end of 10. It's simply not enough. You get precision with that magnification when you're shooting and getting your zero at the range. It transfers right over to the field. You can zoom in. You can, you can zoom in when you need to. You can zoom out as far as you need to. I mean, three, 3 power, you can shoot very close on 3 power. Very functional. Ryan's always saying 2 to 10, 2 and a half to 10, 2 to 10. No, 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 no. Minimum 3 to 15. More meg, more better. Mark, that was, a, that was an excellent argument that you made there. I actually thought it was a little bit stronger than Ryan's. Ryan is raising his hand though, Ryan, please. More magnification, more magnification is better change my mind. The idea behind this was to change your mind on the concept of more magnification. Mark simply reinforced more magnification. In fact, I'm just did, see, did, Jim and I, Lee. Can you take points once away again? I the, took a point away from Mister. Hey, remember, Mr. remember when I zeroed your scope last week and it shot really good, and you went out and had. To I shoot zeroed it. it before. I said, "Hey, shoot this. We need to get the rifle broken." I already had it zeroed. Brian, again, you gotta get it. We're getting at the spirit of the question here, <sighs> yeah, not exactly the the very literal so words that are on the screen. This is you really just need to. I understand kind of chill out a little bit. Mark, I would like you to, if you could repeat, what was that phrase that you say all the time that you said right at the beginning of your argument? What, what was it again? You'll never make an amazing shot unless you take an amazing shot. Okay. Now, I'm not... I asked you to repeat that because the, I've, I've never actually heard you say that ever. I'm not life. advocating, and it's not mine, I borrowed it. I'm not advocating irresponsible shots. Okay. Caveat corral. There you go. You step back in for a quick drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, let's go on to topic number three, we which should, does we mean, start a bar. which does mean, of course, that we're on the meatball of the month. That's pretty cool. Um, meatball of the month. This one comes from at juice <laughs> underscore 19 <laughs> underscore one. Okay. This is a person on Instagram. That's an Instagram handle. The juice asks, oh, and don't forget also, hey. Mr. Juice Man, you're going to win all those great prizes, the Crossfire Binocular, the $100 shopping spree for apparel, and the Mark Cameo, or Mark and a Camaro, one or the other, we don't know yet. Let's stick with the Cameo You're going to win now. all that, and of course, all of, the, uh, all of the fame that comes with it. But Mr. Juice asks, soda or pop? What do you call it? Ryan started the last one, so Mark, you're going to start this one. Your two minutes begins now. All right, Jim, I'm going to go way back in time. This was one of my high school jobs. I grew up in Washington State, and I was working at really? a facility that uh, hosted like corporate meetings and weddings. I worked with a gal there named Linda. Now, Linda, in Good Washington, memory, we, always said, we always said pop. Like, I grew up saying pop, 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 this, pop, that, right? Linda would be <laughs> like, she would say, can you get 15 pop? Can you get 20? We need 24 pop. And I'm like, Linda, it is plural, put an S on it or something. I don't know. It doesn't sound right, but she would say all sorts of wild stuff. In fact, I would call it my, I'd, I'd write all the wild stuff that she would say down. I'd put it in my pocket. I called it my pocket full of Linda and I would read it to my parents when I got <laughs> home. At the end of that, I'd be like, listen to all the wild stuff that Linda said today. Now she would say pop. I grew up saying pop. I got to college. I had a bunch of Cali buddies. They said soda, soda, soda. I like the ring of it. Now I say soda. Sometimes I call them sodies. It's a regional thing. I go with soda. Okay, what, Ryan, carry on. I'm gonna agree with my 
uh, coworker Mark here. You know I, Linda? No, I didn't know Linda. I did have a Linda in high school, though, uh, similar time frame. Um, when I went to high school, they had motor vehicles, though, instead of the horse-drawn carriage. The Fine. Linda that I had, um, she never said soda, pop, or otherwise, but she did work in the office at the high school, and when I was truant constantly, I'd bribe her with chocolate and flowers. Um, that's how I graduated, actually. Anyway, um, I call them sodas now. Where I'm from in Minnesota, regionally, it's pop. That's what the Midwesterners call it. It's pop. Can I get a pop? Um, I started calling them sodas just because it kind of sounded fancier, not that it necessarily was. It, sound, it sounds fancier, and pop just sounds like pop. pop. It does. It's kind of... Actually, in Wisconsin, I'm not sure why we don't, you don't hear pop. It reminds me of Lorraine right. from Mad TV. <laughs> Good reference. <laughs> Can I get a pop? Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, would you look at that? Uh, uh, I call him soda. There you have it, Mr. Juice. Now you know the answer from these two gentlemen. I'm actually also a soda guy. You say soda? I do. I say soda. I've I never actually said pop ever. Not even once. And I was born in the great state of Wisconsin, which is more than either of you can say. That's true. We weren't. I should also I mention... Have, I've learned I don't have any control over that gem. I've let that go. Right, right. I know. And I don't like to make fun of people for things they can't control. But if you weren't born in Wisconsin, you're definitely just not as cool. I should mention, because I haven't said this yet, that if you would like to make a submission for the Meatball of the Month, then you simply comment below with your suggestion for the topic, like Juice did, or actually more like what Juice did. He went to Instagram, and he commented on the post for the Spaghetti Shootout, and that was where we found it. There is one more method. If you're more a fan of the email... You can email to VortexNation at VortexOptics.com, make the subject line Meatball, and then give us your topic. So that's some of the logistics of how you, too, can be like Juice. <laughs> Which you should be. We should all strive to be, be like Juice. Well, maybe this Juice. This Juice. Not, you know. not a guy, a certain someone in a white Ford Bronco. <laughs> Bronco's Moving on. Lately. <laughs> topic number four. Vertical bows versus crossbows. Where do you stand on this often heated debate? Who started the last one? I think it was Mark, right? Did, Ryan, yeah. you're going to start the next one. Please begin. Regular bow or cross gun? I'm going to tell you, wherever you want to be is where you want to be. I don't have a problem with the crossbow, and here's why. Uh, and, and I have cotton flack, or caught flack. I think caught flack is the right word. Yeah, cotton flax. Cotton flack isn't right. Um, I've caught flack for support of crossbows from people because they say it's not fair. And an argument that was put up toward me was more trophy bucks are killed in Wisconsin with a crossbow than a vertical bow during the archery season. My rebuttal to that was, was it more trophy bucks killed or was it more trophy bucks recovered? And there is a big distinction there. Recovered and registered means that that buck was ethically killed, harvested, and taken off the landscape, and that tag was notched. If the item in question, the crossbow, is a more effective tool for somebody, anybody, to hunt with, then that should be absolutely okay. If it's a youngster or a new hunter who cannot ethically pull or reliably use a vertical bow, but they could use a crossbow, by all means, Give them the opportunity to do so. All right, I'm going to have to jump in. I'm going to have to jump in here, Jim. Well, actually, Jim, um, the question was vertical bows or crossbows. So technically, anyway, here's the deal. I'm actually going to take a stance on this. You know, vertical bows or crossbows. I love to gun hunt. I love to rifle hunt. I love to muzzleloader hunt. I love to bow hunt. I generally use a compound bow. And I uh, have occasionally at times pulled back a recurve or self bow. Never gotten good enough to hunt with it, Jim. Cue the footage. 
Oh, come on. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to give you a point for yeah. that. However, am I against crossbows? No. Am I going to use one? No. There's just something about them. They're like weird in between for me personally. Like I, if I'm going to gun hunt, I'm going to use a gun. If I'm going to bow hunt, I'm going to use a variant of the bow. And I'm going to muzzleloader hunt, I'm using a variant of the muzzleloader. The crossbow just doesn't have a home with me. Okay. All right. And that's fine. But I don't think anybody should be poo-pooed for using one. Not publicly. <laughs> There's the whip crack. You guys both get a point. There's some right. great last comments. That's a good number. I haven't actually updated those of you who are just listening. You're wondering, where the heck are we in this whole battle? Well, Ryan sits at 39 points right now and Mark sits at 36. So it is a tight race heading into topic number five. And don't forget, we, of course, have trivia. So topic number five, let's bring it up. What's the best way to cook a turkey? Begin, Mark. All right. Yeah, I mean, now, Jim, I have to ask a question. Can I ask a, a clarifying question? Uh, Is this I mean, in terms of Thanksgiving or in general? I don't get why it's different. Well, I'm just, it, it changes my answer. Okay, here. I'm going to say the I best mean, way. I the best theme. All right. If we're, going, a point. if we're going with Thanksgiving, and, you know, we always have turkey at Thanksgiving. We are traditionalists. However, I goes believe with the that, you that the best way to cook a turkey at Thanksgiving, get Thanksgiving, practice my words, would be to actually cook a prime rib. And you're going to do that <laughs> very simply. Uh, well, here, simply put, prime rib yeah, is actually better than that. a store-bought <laughs> turkey, 10,000%. It's very simple to prepare. You uh, let it hit room temp. You throw it in the oven at 375 for an hour. You let it sit for all day. You cannot open the oven. You season it with salt and pepper beforehand. You want a prime rib with a big old fat cap on top. You put it in the pan, like I said, you, you heat it for an hour, 375, and uh, then you just let it sit for however long, and then you put it in for another half hour, 40 minutes before you serve it, cut it up, it's going to be medium rare. Okay, Brian, how are you going to back was, that one up? That was you know, you know Jim, when you, when, when, you get a, <laughs> when you get a hung up gobbler, <laughs> that's what I sounded like. Thank you for wasting my 15 seconds, Mark. I appreciate that with your non-answer. Um, best way to cook a turkey, the biggest, I think, mistake I see a lot of people make when cooking wild turkey, uh, or domestic turkey for that, is overcooking the turkey. And they end up dry, and they end up stringy, and a little bit chewy, and it can be tough. And especially if you've never done a yeah, wild eat turkey your, before. Eat your poultry rare. Listen yeah, to Mr. correct. That's what I said. Um, I actually really like doing turkey schnitzel. I think that's fantastic with gravy, with mashed potatoes. I think that's a great way to go. But actually, wild turkey and wild mushroom and gouda soup is a winner in my book. That one, um, if you've got an instant pot, I think that's a really awesome tool to use. Put it in there, pressure cook it, get it down, make the soup, make the broth, melt the cheese, put it in. Wild mushrooms, oh, phenomenal. Well, then Brian, gonna... you're going to get an extra two points for fitting all of that into just 45 seconds that Mark left you. Thank you. You did, you did pretty good. Thanks. I liked your prime rib. <laughs> that was good. Mark, you actually got a lot of points on that last round. It's just I mean, am was... I wrong? <sighs> Generally, interesting ideas. He had some great. I'd say generally, turkey at Thanksgiving is kind of. Mm -hmm. I know, you know. I know. Now, wild turkey. If I can, I just keep going. I mean, we can do. Yeah, it's it's Thanksgiving. If I was gonna do wild Everybody's turkey, miserable. then it's not really Thanksgiving e. But I'd do them uh, wild turkey street tacos. You've had them, Jim. Those, Those are good. You Those are pretty good. My father-in-law has, uh, he smoked a turkey one year and it turned out really good, not dry at all. It wasn't dry? No, I mean, it was just I like a store-bought turkey. turkey. It was fantastic. And then I've always wanted to try a deep-fried turkey, so I'd be very curious 
And, and I think we'd all be very curious. For those of you who are listening out there, what is your method for cooking a turkey? We are talking, Mark, thank you for clarifying, I guess. I didn't think I needed it, but we are talking about Thanksgiving. How have you done it to make it really, really good? My dad deep fried in his first wild turkey that he ever killed. Yeah. And that was awful. It was awful? He, I don't know what he was thinking. He went out, he bought the fryer, dunked it. There was a fire. It was so bad. Oh, it yeah, was, I did that. Every year on the news, somebody deep fries oh, a turkey. And he, you know what, though? He, he went out and he bought a bunch of liquid smoke, and he was going to marinate the turkey. And so just take the taste of liquid smoke, but so much of it that it began to taste like rubber, like oh, burnt yeah, rubber, I, yeah. and then over fry it. And, oh, and, then, and then he kind of stopped hunting turkeys after that. I can't eat them damn things. They don't taste good. At, at my old work, uh, Outdoor Emporium in downtown Seattle, we used to have this. Oh, Washington? Like, uh, you're from Washington. Yeah, I'll, Point. Ex- I'll, explain, I'll explain later. Okay. Anyway, we used to deep fry turkeys for like events and stuff like that, and they were pretty I did a good. whole high school public speech on uh, deep frying turkeys and the dangers of it. Never deep fried a turkey, but I got an A on that you've project. Lived, you've lived in fear ever since. I have. Now, let's move on to trivia, gentlemen, because uh, we find ourselves with Ryan at 50 points and Mark at 45. Now, Mark, you were behind when trivia started on the last round. Ryan did pretty poorly. I was a bad guesser. And so you could maybe come back. We'll see what happens. Now, I am going to remind everyone that this is Family Feud style. There are five questions. Each are worth three points. If the first person gets, the, gets it wrong, the second okay. person can... What is going on? But the, the cue just marks muted for a second. Whoever gets the answer right should get three points. Now, if nobody gets the answer right, whoever is closest will get one point. Get this thing out of here. You guys are ridiculous. It's like working with children. Maintain your positions. It was more Mark than Maintain, Ryan. It right? was definitely more Mark than Ryan. Okay. Ryan, you get a are point you... for already following the rules. You haven't oh, really does he get a point for tattling? Trivia question number one, gentlemen. I'm not going to put it up on the screen. I'm just going to read it to you because you guys always cheat. How many feathers are in a Tom Turkey's tail fan? Ryan was first. Ryan, please tell me. 13. Nope. Mark, would you like to try and answer this one yourself? 21. Mark was closer, although incorrect. So, Mark, you're going to get one point. The answer is 18 feathers. Now, for context, this is the most outward portion of the tail fan. 18 feathers is uh, how many feathers are in the Tom Turkey's tail fan, ranging at various lengths from 12 to 15 inches long. Toms display their fans to attract hens during the breeding season. Mark's point didn't go up. Uh, it no, did. it did. It did. You were at 44? Remember I got muted when you were moving the cube? Right. That put him down one. Okay. Uh, Ryan, somebody called you how <clears throat> last time. Sorry, I almost just uh, choked on myself there for a second. But somebody called you out in the last one for calling out a point differential that was actually incorrect. I like fighting. You were like, hey, there's something wrong with the points, and then I adjusted it, and actually there really wasn't anything wrong oh, with really? the points. Yeah, so. I think everything was just went. This could be a tactic. If it is a tactic of yours, just know I'm paying closer attention to it. Trivia question number two, more importantly. In what year were wild turkeys reintroduced to Wisconsin? Oh. All right, well, Ryan's going to take a stab at it. 1978. No. I'm going to say 77. Oh, Mark is closer. That was a good tactic on your, uh, on your part. 1976. So Mark is going Damn to get it. one point. He wasn't exactly right, but he'll get one. Now, this one did not register. You, you want to know, go. actually, I, so I didn't necessarily use my Ryan's number there. Right. Paul Niece, the niece, talks about 
remembering when those birds were introduced and I was trying to do some quick math of like, okay, Paul Neese, you know, how old is he? Came up with 77. God, I could just hear him telling that story now. It'd be oh, such a good story. No. Now here, I'll, I'll lay out some of the further information. Since wild turkeys were first successfully reintroduced to Wisconsin in 1976, population levels continue to increase and expand statewide. Successful wild turkey restoration resulted from tremendous hunter and landowner support, generous partners, and high-quality habitat. Trivia question number three. Turkeys are in decline in a lot of areas right now, Jim. Really? It's kind of a... Mystery. Should, should we do a podcast on it? Maybe we should. Comment below if that's something you want to see. I'm going to play a call for you, gentlemen, and you're going to give me the proper name for this <coughs> call. Are you ready? It was Ryan again first. He's got a much quicker hand than you, Mark. What's going on? Sandbagging. Ryan, please. That is called the Kiki or Kiki Run. You are correct. You get three points. That might be, is that the first time we've ever actually... And a gobble. A There's a gobble correct. at the end. <laughs> okay, thank you, Mark. The Kiki does Run. Does my button work? Yeah, it does. Your just hand's just not working as well because you're slow. Every time, Ryan's faster. Try it in the early season when gobblers are trailing hens. This three to four note whistle followed by soft yelps can start your calling, uh, set your calling apart from other hunters. For the first time in my life, I heard the kiki in the wild on a season A hunt that I was doing in the Baraboo Hills area. Yeah. And um, I had busted a rafter of turkeys. Well, I didn't bust them. Two toms came down. He just wanted like, to use the word rafter. There was like 16 hens. At least he didn't use the word rectum. In, <laughs> And you did! Is there a mute button for Jimmy? No. Um, these toms got pulled away by all these hens, and then this one hen went the wrong way, and then I called her in, and she sat on a rock like 10 yards away, kiki in for like 15 minutes, and it was magical. Phenomenal. Very difficult call to replicate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Trivia question number four. Which founding father of the United States preferred the wild turkey to the Ryan again? Benjamin Franklin. Wow. You, I didn't even get the full question out. He preferred the wild turkey to the bald eagle. So now I have my, my further information here. Benjamin Franklin, while he did not advocate for the turkey as our national bird, he did prefer them to the bald eagle. In a letter to his daughter, Franklin, Franklin called the bald eagle a bird of bad moral character because they steal from other birds. He called the turkey a much more respectable bird, a bird of courage, and a true original native of America. I agree. I, you know, I, I love... Mark, that's, uh, that's uh, also you. You've been described as a turkey. So, Fair enough. Benjamin Franklin would have been a real Somewhat big fan of you. Nature. But I also courageous. Don't think a respectable bird. A bird of courage. And a true original native of Washington. Anyway, really? Trivia question number <laughs> five. Uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Hold on. I had to give you three points for that. I forgot. There's no, I can't, this is like, ask the question. So Ryan's basically a shoe in already. It's 60 to 46, but we're going to still go on with trivia question number five. A baby turkey is called a blank. You actually hit the button so hard that you shot the little light on the stand down into the, the hole. Can I just answer? Which was made first, so at least Why? People... You didn't, you're too slow. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. You don't just get to. I've known all the you answers. Don't get, you just get to win even though you've lost. Please. Put the old nail in the coffin. Uh, Ryan? The answer is a pulled. That is correct. You get an additional three points. Very nicely done. A pult. During the first four weeks of life, baby turkeys, called pults, are unable to fly and rely entirely on their mother for protection. 
they're very susceptible to predation. Predominantly insectivores at that point in time in their life too, until they go into a young adult phase in which they turn to predominantly herbivores. Although wild turkeys will still eat small mammals, small birds, insects, etc. Marbles, stuff. rocks. Opportunists. Yeah, Mark, can I just? Of, what kind of fun facts? Can you I see have? if something happens when I? Yeah. Weird. Look, something happens. It worked. Yeah, you just have to. You realize that it's very. Am I not odd. hitting it hard enough? We need the machine, Mark. We don't need I the machine. I have eyes. I can see Ryan's hand clearly hitting the button before yours. I don't even need I to see the. I want to see the replay. Oh sure, let's check the film. All right, yeah, let's get the umpire down, down here. Ryan, you are the winner. You get your last crack. It's a minute. I'm going to set the clock here. Please proceed. Okay, we're deep into hunting season. What are we doing? We're filming? Okay. Yeah, we're, oh, yeah, we're live. Uh, we're deep into hunting season right now. So are we live? You, you may not have an opportunity to audit the gear that you forgot to get during the off season. Hopefully you've checked your zero beforehand. Um, but if you didn't, consider a short range zero, 50 yard zero. In fact, my preference these days, we just recently did a podcast, Mark and I, about the 50 yard zero. Um, I think it's really great, even when you're going on a western hunt. In fact, I just returned from uh, a pronghorn hunt with a 50-yard zero and was successful. Um, no reason to change to a 100-yard zero if you're traveling. I'm going to take away a point because I was on that podcast too and you didn't even mention me. So I'm sorry, James. I don't know what the heck. Thanks to everyone who was watching this episode of Spaghetti Shootout. We threw a lot at you and hopefully you enjoyed it. A little bit of trivia, a little bit of questions, and of course, a meatball of the month from Mr. The Juice. Please make sure to submit your Meatball of the Month questions in the comments below on this YouTube video, on Instagram, via email at vortexnation at vortexoptics.com. All that good stuff. Just make sure you label it Meatball. Do it in all caps. Do it with a bunch of asterisks, something like that. We'll find it easier that way. Unless everyone's doing it, in which case then don't. Back to other things. Actually, no, that's it. So, Ryan wins. 62... We're, I'm getting conflicting information, but I'm going to say it's 62-ish to Mark's 46 points. Ryan, you're four and two now. Thank you, James. Jim, it's really a mute point at this point. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. Goodbye.